Thank you, Bob. This is the final episode of Season 2 of A Song and a Friend podcast. Tonight we feature a song that is a close cousin to this Dylan deep cut. Your Old Guitar by my friend Manny McGuffin.
Once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Your Old Guitar by Manny McGuffin. Manny McGuffin is a stage name for my longtime friend Dan Hawthorne. He and I had a conversation while he was driving in his car on the way to Virginia to hike the Appalachian Trail. He has a yearly tradition of hiking a week by himself on the Appalachian Trail. That'll come up in our conversation but he called in via phone, and that explains some of the difference in audio quality. We had a far-ranging conversation, and I'll drop music in and out. I realize this is not our usual format for this season, but I am working on season three, and I'll probably reinvent the format for that season. So consider this a bridge piece. And now, here's our conversation. And it starts with him asking me about Sanchez Agency. Oh, thank you. Thank you. There's a lot more where that came from, I'm happy to say. I, the tentative goal is to do um, another five or six songs and then uh, put out a full length later this year with some light revision to the EP. But uh, that band's been a lot of fun to play with. They were together a few years before I came on board. I feel like we've gone to a whole yeah. other level in the last year and a half. Yeah. Huntington, but uh, did that name have any resonance for you, or was it just a South Bend, Mishawaka thing? No, I, I have no. That's no, I, I, I figured. About that. I figured. Yeah. Well, that's all right. Then it, if you enjoyed it, then I think that it succeeded in the goal of maybe you know being uh, enjoyable outside of a sp specific geographical 
Yeah. I mean, you definitely get a sense of nostalgia or, you know, I think everybody can connect to that. So, like, who doesn't love a good Ben Vereen reference? Yeah, you wanted you wanted me to explain that. We talked about that at some length. Um, uh, Jake Sandok, who's our songwriter, really doesn't know where that that came from, except that you know it was <laughs> one of those names uh, that were floating around in his you know subconscious. Um, yeah, we we did a really hard Google search for a while. Um, and during the recording process, just to maybe find some album art or something, and we could not find a ceramic Ben Vereen on Amazon or Etsy or anything like that. A husky boy bug in his pocket to put a quarter in the candy machine. Stuck there with the ladies, the fly and the Vaseline, rummaging through the knickknacks for a ceramic Ben Vereen. Yeah, you would think someone on Etsy would be like, this is my thing. This is my jam. This is what I do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, we are. We had, we had pretty high hopes, but maybe maybe somebody <laughs> out there uh, after we've unleashed this idea into the collective subconscious that uh, yeah. it'll be transferred to someone else's mind. Ben, if you're if you're listening, uh, you can commission somebody. You know, we have high hopes for the group, but um, our, our real goal is just to kind of break out of Michiana right now, maybe play some farther out locations because we've really only ever played South Bend or Mishawaka or Goshen, you know, maybe get up to Kalamazoo, maybe get down to Fort Wayne, maybe get over to Chicago. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a wild, wild ride. Um, it's the first... I mean, the last time I was in a band with that much cachet was like over 10 years ago. And so it's a little, a little bizarre being in a band that has pretty packed shows. And, um, you know, you're, you're talking about the, all, all the old conversations about like, you know, what kind of merch should we have? And what does this promoter say? And can we get into this club? And, you know, it's, it's really, it's really wild. Like I thought that part of my life was, was, was over and now I'm back in the thick of it. That sounds fun. Mm -hmm. It is. But, um, you know, every time that I've done this, like it gets less and less um, crucial. It gets more and more relaxed. This is pretty laid back. I mean, we want to do cool things, but it's not like do or die. You know, when I was 25 and we were starting Bottle Rocket, that was like do or die. You know, like our whole sense of worth and, you know, the moral compass of the universe rested on our, you know, our, our success. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it just got a, you know, Texarkana 2, I just, you know, wanted to make it bigger, but didn't have to, but still tried really hard. This time around, it's like, if we could just stay active and, you know, uh, not go broke and keep doing interesting things, then we're happy. Yeah. Here's a songwriter question. Which part do you like more? Do you like the the making and practicing and and you know, creating or the performance, which is your favorite? Mm. I like these little hot take questions you always ask me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to say for me, it's it's the performance because I, I don't feel, uh, I hope this doesn't sound like a cop-out answer. I don't feel like a song has really, truly um, been written all the way until You've played it a little bit, and I have what I call 
it's road legs. Well, you discover things yeah. when you uh, put it out there in front of some people. So I've always, I, I, I kind of live for, for, for playing live. It's, it's tough. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to kind of always be around going around, going around with your hat in your hand and begging for, for shows and stuff. Um, you know, when a, when a gig is good, there's nothing like it to me. Um, so yeah. my answer might be different if you asked me tomorrow or next week, but that's, I think my most consistent answer for that question. Yeah. Right on. How about you? Oh, it's the, I, I'm, I'm a process guy. Like when I was in my twenties, I had brief aspirations when we were playing in the Carlson's to actually be, you know, yes, rock and roll famous. But, uh, I think ever since then I've kind of like gotten more and more comfortable with taking joy in the writing and the, the making and when we play, it's, it's fun. For sure, I'm not. I'm never mad about playing. But, oh uh, right, and I love writing. But, I yeah. love coming up with new ideas. Yeah, right. And play like when you play in a band, you can you, you walk into practice and you just have this like seed, right? Mm-hmm. The band is, is depending on the, the the dynamics of the band, and then you know I can remember coming in and and knowing that our drummer was going to do something better than I could even like imagine in my head so i didn't worry about the you know that part of it right and that's 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 real magic um and so I, that part to me was always super exciting watching it grow like sort of in this protected little uh greenhouse uh before you took it out and unleashed it on the world i like that that greenhouse metaphor that's cool that is really really cool my experience of 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 being a fan of yours is you definitely love love the process and that's one of the things i wanted to touch on today was how much care and uh thought you give into your um lyric writing and it's kind of an interesting counterpoint to the track that we're featuring which is your old guitar which in some ways is uh, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to feature it is is that it's sort of different than a lot of your songs in that um, you seem to almost want to use as few words as possible in that song. Hey, laying on your old guitar about the time I took it to I set it next to the distillery song that you did about Dungeons and Dragons. What was that one called? <laughs> Perception check. I went to public school. I did need a voucher. I'm a gibberer. Inspiration giver. I keep on drinking. Though it's hard on my living now. If you want to roll, just make a fist. Robble, robble, let's see who's on the guest list. Georgia Weezy, Mayor McCheesy. I'm drinking down dragon toes. I'm making it look easy. I'm a... 
perception check. Yes, which yeah. is like this funk hip hop rock, <laughs> and it's about twenty, you know, twenty-eight words a second. All of these references and turns of phrases, and a lot of your songs have that that cleverness to it. Um, but your old guitar is almost like in a a minimalist kind of thing. It, it evokes a, a feeling, and then it lets you have to be okay with it. And it does it, it succeeds. I mean, it really, really does. I just wanted to sing your praises because um, especially during the pandemic and after the pandemic, I feel like the songs that you put on the new old distillery are just amazing. And I can tell that you've given it great thought and great process. Um, and I'm going to feature clips of them throughout our conversation here. Tell me what it was like to get that group restarted. Uh, we started it about a year and a half or so before the pandemic, right? But then I really feel like it, was it your wife who kind of put down a, a challenge to everybody right at the top of the pandemic to really take it seriously? I don't quite remember the history on that, but I know that since 2020, that group has been pretty healthy. It's been, yeah, I think that Styles and I, um, well, I was interested in, and in, in, in I'm sure Maya was like, she said, She's a wonderful like supporter and participator of the arts for sure. Um, I think part of it was when Styles went to Australia, or he had been come back to visit, and he and I sort of schemed a reboot. I think that he and I are the the most consistent contributors. Like I, you've thrown some magic on there, and a bunch of other people too. Um, but yeah, like. For me, it's just a great way to like, you know, like if you're going to sit down and be like, I'm going to write the great, you know, American songwriter album. Uh, that's, that's a hard, that's a hard start, you know, but if you, if you say, I'm going to sit down and write one song in the next three months, and it's going to be about, you know, uh, traveling or whatever. Right. That's so much easier. So it was just a way to keep, keep, you know, connections happening and keep the juices flowing. Well, I think the consistency of uh, the, the way that you've approached it has led to some really great results because I, I think with songwriting, the more you do it, you know, the, the better it gets. I mean, it's like lifting weights or yeah. running a marathon or something. <laughs> right, uh, right. And, and and I know I keep coming back to it, but uh, when you did that perception check one, I was just like, oh my goodness, wow, he must have spent years on this, but you really only had the space of three months <laughs> to, to, to pull yeah, that up. I totally do obsess. Like my, my method is a lot like once I get the, once I get the song in my head, then I can write like mm -hmm. anywhere I can write on my way to work. And, you know, especially if I'm driving to work by myself, I just like, you know, you just you just hammer out and make minor edits to phrasing, and yes. you know, this, this, this here's a word that has three syllables instead, so that that works better. Um, so it, I do think about it a lot. I heard an interview with I don't remember the woman's name. She was the the four non blonde lady. Oh yeah, Linda Perry. Uh, who had yeah, and she had also written. Uh, uh, Coming out, you gotta get this party started. Oh yes, yeah. She produced Pink. Yeah, back in the yeah. like, two thousand, two thousand one. Yes. 
And she was saying, you should never spend more than a couple hours writing a song. You should just write it. She said, people that take more than a day or two to write a song are crazy. And I'm like, that, that just blew my mind that anybody would just like, you know, throw a thing. And I mean, it's a great song. Yeah. You know, you got to get that party started. I don't know how you fix that, but uh, <laughs> I, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine operating in that timeline. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, for me, it's different strokes for different folks. No disrespect to Ms. Perry, but I think that, uh, you know, different people work at different speeds. I, I do think there's a lot to be said for spontaneity. Yeah. Also, like there is, you know, like you can tell when a thing feels fresh and exciting and yes. also when it feels like right tired. Yep. 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 You know, and it comes really down a lot. A lot of times, I think, to that, um, you know, the Jeff Tweedy test and the prologue to his how to write one song book, you know, if if what you're doing makes you feel like you disappear or if what you're doing makes you feel like the world stops, then you kind of know that you're in the zone. Um, yeah. You know, somebody like, uh, you know, a, you know, a platinum record producer has the, you know, the success and the comfort to make those kind of pronouncements. Uh, but I don't, I wouldn't, I don't know if that's a universal truth. I, I you know, I think it, it is true that you can't overthink things, but I think people work at different speeds. I think that I work on a song until I feel like, and I don't know how to, how to define it any other way. Like until I feel confident, like I, 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 I know that they are the right words. And sometimes it happens quickly, but you know, you've written a song where like the first verse is like dynamite. Like, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, that one, and that one comes out in the middle of the afternoon and then you try to follow up and you just lose that thing. And then you come back to it. And, but you know, when, a, you know, when it's locked in, so you just work on it until you get that, like, yeah, I want to say those words all the time. Yes. Yes, exactly. Well, for me, um, my song that is still kind of unreleased, there's an early version of it on the old distillery. It's called city where I was a boy. changed yeah. now to this title of the song is called anymore um but yeah i had the first verse you know on the back of a you know a gas station receipt um you know yeah. within moments of thinking of it but then i didn't have the full lyric till about three months later and every once in a while the spirit of the song if you will would kind of hit me then i'd get a i'd get a little farther and then yeah. Life is busy. I'm not a professional songwriter or, you know, I'm not, I don't do music full time. So, you know, I have to work, I have to take care of family and things come and go. But then like, I would get retouched as it were, possessed by, by the song. And then I'd get a little farther. Yeah. And some ideas I would keep and others that I wouldn't. But it's when you feel confident about those new ideas. And then at some point, I felt yeah. like here it stops and I go no further. You know, I could, you know, play with yeah. the, the rhyme structure and the, you know, the uh, the meter of it, you know, and write a 16 uh, verse ballad. But, um, you know, three or four <laughs> verses tends right. to be I kind of want to start somewhere 
uh, have a few stops along the way and eventually come to a resting place. I'm really proud of that song, but you know, Linda, I, I spent three months on it and I think it's pretty baller. I think it's pretty great, but, uh, yeah, Linda. (laughs) Anyway. Um, so like, I was thinking about this, uh, like finding that space to write, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, I like I write I find that I am pretty productive when I'm driving like turn off the radio right hear the song in my head and I don't know if it's like the meditative nature of you know uh, uh, enough of my senses are occupied that uh, I'm not sitting thinking about little things uh, otherwise but I also have memories of like like being at concerts and, and wow. having ideas for songs has that ever happened to you well, definitely. Like, driving. I think that I think that I think that when like sometimes like right now, my all of my pores are open. Right. I'm on vacation. When, when you travel, you know, everything seems sort of like new. And so yeah. it's, it's easier to like access newer ideas. Right. Lantern consciousness type stuff. Um, and when I'm at shows like I get emotional. Like it's wow. not at all unusual for me to like cry, and I don't know if that happens to other people, but um, I cry all that. I cry at like laundry detergent commercials. So, <laughs> but well, like, that, that that's great. Definitely <laughs> been to shows right where I'm like, oh, I've you know I've got to go home. Like you know, right now, the instant I get home, I just I, I want to play. Like it it it, it inspires and impels yeah. me to to, yeah. to do more. I think when somebody, it is beautiful, and I think maybe it's a function of getting older, uh, but I'm a little more universal in my love of of music, and um, I'm at a lot of different musical performances over the course of a year, and I see somebody do something that they're truly passionate about, and it's just captivating. I don't have a, yeah. like a genre filter on like, oh, this is not my scene, I'm going to be surly and go outside and smoke a cigarette or something, but... Um, I yeah man and I think that like to go back to the the confidence part like when you when the artist believes in a song you can tell yes like and 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 that's why like you listen to like those old Delta blues guys and they're not like you know nobody is they're not Stevie Ray Vaughan no it's like the the, the music is fairly rudimentary but man you just feel it you know yes if yes. I feel like an artist is up making moves and saying stuff because he thinks I want to hear it instead of because he or she thinks that, then I just kind of tune out. Like, don't don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what you want to hear. Laying on your old guitar Trying to find the words. I have a lot of musician friends, and sometimes I can go for long periods of time without seeing some of these friends um, or being in their homes or their spaces or whatever. And I'm thinking about being at uh, Rabskedalooza and being at your house. And uh, you've got that little um, basement room that with the sliding doors, uh, your music room with the wall of CDs and the guitars. And there's a bunch of those guitars on the wall that, you know, used to be in the lounge. And that really weird, is it a that Les Paul-like guitar that you used for everything for years and years and years? 
What type of guitar is that? Yeah, the Gibson. Uh, uh, this model escapes me. I don't know, used off a guy and like cool. Yeah. I'd never seen anything like it or played anything like it. And uh, sometimes I go, when I get to the festival, I go into that room and I see the guitar and I pick it up and I play a few licks because it's like a, it's like visiting an old friend. It's not just this, you know, yeah. mute, inert, you know, object of matter. It, it, it's something other. You know, I didn't feel like singing, but then I started thinking about you. Playing on your old guitar I'm watching from the corner of the bar In the presence of some kind of object that meant something to a relationship, you know, whether it's a, you know, a coffee mug or a table or a house or a car. Or, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but like, you know, you know, we don't talk as much as we used to and we kind of have this one thing that connects us, but you know, how are you doing out there? I hope you're all right. Uh, that song was written. I, I have three guitars that belong to friends of mine mm. and now they're in my house, all three of those, uh, on that track. And one of them was an old guitar an old Yamaha that styles used to play. And so there's all, I mean, you know, just hours and hours and hours of, us playing together sure. you know uh and so part of that song is is me reaching out to him through that guitar yeah uh one of one of the guitars is greg mm -hmm. and uh he had experienced some uh personal losses that i uh, you know and, and a lot of that song is me in like not being able to find the right words. And, yes. Uh, like there's a big, there, there's a Dylan song called um, Lay Down Your Weary Tune, which is on the only, the only place I think it is uh, on the biograph set, but he says, lay down your weary tune and rest yourself neath the strength of strings. No voice can hope to hum. And that always really moved me as like this. Just let the music do the thing. You know, uh, and so it was me trying to connect with those two. And, and the third guitar was uh, given to me on long-term loan by a person who was like, this guitar has nothing but bad memories for me. I'm paraphrasing, but. Right, right, sure. They, they, they weren't super specific and I didn't press the issue. Mm -hmm. Um and so I just like using that as a device to sort of think about how we connect, you know, that's most of it. I also I, wrote, I was thinking about doing a, a whole album of songs about guitars, like from various perspectives. Like, uh, uh -huh. I don't know if you remember the um, uh, Hartford t-shirt. It was on the title swap album. Yes. That song is about that, that third guitar. Hard to read a tendency to bury the lead you left me on the porch I still carry the torch for your heart. 
written, I was trying to get inside, like from the guitar's perspective. I mean, that was sort of the jumping off point anyway. Um, somebody wrote Hot for Teacher, and it was heard as Hartford T-shirt. And then I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to do that. I love that. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that you had used all the all the three guitars on the tracking. I think that's really, really special. So when you go back and you yeah. listen to it again, you can kind of hear the the interplay. Yeah, well, I'm glad you liked it. Cool. Is there a, a recording of Green Gladys anywhere? Do you remember Green that uh, Mad Libs uh, version of Sweet Caroline? <laughs> Okay. Okay. So this is a, this is a um, many of you are familiar with Mad Libs. Um, we're gonna Mad Lib a song, so we're gonna need some suggestions from the crowd here. So I don't know if we do this Democrat. This might be first come, first served here. We're gonna need an adjective. When it began, I can't begin to do it. But then I know it's growing saucy. Was in the stump. Then stump became the biscuit. Who'd have believed you'd hammer along? The pancreas. Touching pancreas, reaching out, touching shoots, touching bio, green gladys. Tingly times never seem so tingly, so tingly, so tingly. And crying to believe the moon landing was a fake, but now I and on the mic. You're right. There is. I think one. I'm gonna revisit that one. I'm gonna do like a, a, a not song sung blue uh, forever in blue jeans. That's what oh. I'm gonna do this year. <laughs> yes. And I love that <laughs> that you want to keep it specifically to Neil Diamond. I think that's yeah. That's part of the charm. Neil Diamond is, yeah, it's 100% my karaoke jam. I will sing any song at karaoke, but I will always sing in the style of Neil Diamond. That's cool. That's great. Like, I'm trying to think of the most uh, ridiculous pairing, you know, Total Eclipse of the Heart sung like Neil Diamond. Yes. Don't know what it does, but it's better than <laughs> only. I don't know any of the words for that. Turn around. Maybe. <laughs> right. Every now and then. Yeah, it'd be great. Thank you, Dan, for, for yeah. being my guest today. Again, you were the first uh, guest on the podcast, so I thought it'd be appropriate to have you be the 
the season ender for for season two. And I'd like to have you on again uh, next season, uh, whenever that happens, probably within a year or so. So uh, safe, yeah. safe travels on um, your way I, to the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for having me on. It's definitely like, I, I love this. I love that you do this. Uh, I love talking about this stuff. Uh, next time I'm on, I, I want you to tell me, I'm making a list. Because I was down on Beale Street. I was just in Memphis a couple days ago. Okay. And they had the Bill Withers Museum. Ah, okay. And I was like, I love I, I love Bill Withers, but I hate Lovely Day. I think it's okay. a, it makes me crazy. So let's talk about the worst song from your favorite band next time we talk. That's a great challenge. I think people would love that. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but yeah, thanks. Like, like I said, it's... Thanks for having me. Um, I love this. Good. Cheers. Good. I'm out here 500 miles from my car. By plane it seems close, but by foot it feels far. I'm not sick, but I'm tired. I'm hungry and sore. What's that sound? Oh my God, it's a boar. Hey everybody, thank you for being a great audience this season. If this is your first episode, jump back into the show page and enjoy all the other episodes. If you'd like to hear more from Dan slash and or Manny, go to Manny McGuffin, two N's, two F's, all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Or you can always go to New Old Distillery bandcamp.com to hear the music featured in this episode. The theme song for A Song and a Friend is the song Special by Tom Adamson and the Texarkana 2. And I want to offer, as I always do, a huge thank you and shout out to Todd Bashong for creative and technical support. God bless and see you next time. <laughs>